You're listening to the only place on the internet that offers the perfect blend of high-quality premium cigars and cryptocurrency news and commentary. Welcome to Cigars and Crypto. Now here's your host, Invest Noir. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Cigars and Crypto. I'm your host, Invest Noir, and today I have Mr. James Burden from The Veil Project with us. Good evening, James. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really do appreciate it. Um, You reached out to me after a post that I made regarding privacy tokens that I was looking uh, to get into. Up until this point, I guess I've been kind of trading just the same few coins and tokens all the time. Uh, I really wanted to get into some privacy tokens, especially with Libra coming out. Um, and you reached out to me and said, hey, you need to check out the Veil Project. So I am thrilled that you uh, chose to join me today. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. So tell me about Veil. Okay, well, Veil, you know, Veil started out as a, uh, is kind of like, I don't want to say a rebirth, but, <clears throat> you know, I started a project uh, about three and a half, four years ago, another one that is, uh, was kind of based on, uh, you know, privacy protocols, zero coin and such like that. And the CDG kind of changed the direction of the project. So, you know, the whole facet was we wanted full-time privacy because without full-time privacy, the user can easily make a mistake and, you know, trip themselves up and they can totally undo whatever privacy that, you know, the user intended. Correct. So we wanted full-time privacy. So, we started fail. Now we started off with zero coin and there were some concerns about, you know, metadata leakage and stuff, timing attacks due to, you know, some of the designs around zero, uh, zero coin and such. So we integrated ring CT to be a, uh, you know, uh, like a stop gap to cover the metadata leakage and such. And it worked great. You know, I mean, it, it ended up being, a little more complicated than we had originally wanted to from a user perspective. Um, so, you know, that's, that's obviously not what we wanted. We wanted something that was far more simple for the user to use, you know, point and click, uh, you know, you don't want the user having to, you know, read pages and pages of documents to figure out what they're doing. So, right. Uh, and then recently in the last couple of months, there was a few exploits that were found in the zero coin range that, uh, pretty much pushed us further along to making the decision to rewrite everything. So we chose to go with a protocol called Sonic's ZK Snarks, which is basically something very similar to Zcash, but it only has uh, Z addresses. So it's full-time private Uh, spends and validations are very uh, fast and small and uh, it is almost trustless. So gives us a lot of the advantages of all the other protocols out there and it's very simple to use. So it'll be pretty much, pretty much simple. It'll be just as easy to use as like using a Bitcoin wallet. You know, I mean, it won't have all the intricacies of making sure that you convert from one coin type to the other, which is important. You know I mean? You don't want to get confused about what you're doing. So, right. Right. So, that's a lot of really good information. I like the fact that you're creating a coin that is full-time private 
as opposed to one that you have to select when you want to be private and when you want to be transparent. I think that's a really good thing. Um, and I, I applaud you guys for doing that. Now, you said something that kind of piqued my interest. You're moving from Ring CT to Sonic, to Sonic ZK Snarks, correct? Well, what we did is we actually merged initially. We merged ZeroCoin and Ring CT into one protocol. Mm. And when ZeroCoin had their exploits, we disabled the privacy aspect of ZeroCoin. And uh, the project still has Ring CT that covers everything. So we, we still have, you know, Monero level privacy. Um, but that isn't what we wanted. We wanted something that was, you know, unique to our project. We didn't want to have, you know, to be the copy paste project. We wanted, you know, something more original. So we started doing some searching and contacted some cryptographers that we knew and such, and they gave us this white paper. And once we you know, read about it and we talked to some other people, we decided that this is the path we were going. So for the short term, we're actually migrating from uh, removing zero coin completely. And over the next two to three months, we will become a uh, 100% ringed CT project for the short term and we'll make ring ct stake which hasn't happened yet you know we'll be the first as far as i'm aware mm. you know anybody anybody's free to correct me if if there's another project out there and then once uh once that works and is all functional and everything then we're going to start really concentrating on the full development of uh, sonic zk snarks and that'll take probably another nine months so once all that happens and we get it completely audited we'll release that hopefully within the next 12 months. Cool. So it sounds like you guys are really busy. Yeah. We got a, we got a couple of cryptographers involved, got a full team of developers and uh, uh lease authority is uh, they're helping us along the way as well. So it's good to have a, a large pool of resources to pull from. So, so yeah, it's going to be a great experience. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now you said you're going to make ring. Proof of stake, is that correct? Yes. Wow, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, we were actually requested from another project if it could be done a while back, and you know, we we kind of we knew it could be done. <clears throat> it's going to be complicated, and you know, it's not going to be exactly like uh, normal proof of stake, obviously, because there's uh, you know there's proofs involved, and there's a lot of uh, privacy involved, so. Right. You know, but there, uh, it can be done. We uh, we did it with zero coin. You know, no one else did it with zero coin, so we did it with zero coin. And then, you know, we'll do it with Ring CT. Work out the the details and press tab. Pretty much, he can pretty much do anything when it comes to proof of stake. It's pretty interesting to watch him go. So, okay. once we get that going, and then uh, we release that, I'm sure there's going to be some other projects that run on Ring CT that are going to be take interest of that aspect and. You know, it'll be interesting because a lot of us, there are a couple of projects out there that have staking, but they don't use the ring CT to stake. They use their base coin side to stake and then they have ring CT as privacy. So hopefully those projects, you know, once we get this going, you know, I would like to see maybe those projects maybe pick up the, the ring CT staking aspect of it. And then maybe they can get rid of their base coin as well, because, you know, there's plenty of room in this space for everybody. And I want to see the whole, you know, the whole landscape, you know, improve. Yeah. You know, there's uh, 
I hold a lot of different privacy coins, just like a lot of people I know. And, you know, we're, we're hoping for the whole scene to improve because honestly, that's where everything's going. That's a, that's actually a fantastic segue into my next question. Um, but before I get there, what uh, can we currently mine Vail? Yes. Vail is also proof of work. We, we decided to go with, instead of just being like purely proof of work or purely proof of stake, we decided to do both. So we're a hybrid okay. and uh, it will be that way indefinitely. So you'll always be able to do proof of work if you, if you have hardware and uh, you'll always be able to stake if you choose to do buy off an exchange or what have you. You know, it makes it much more difficult to do any type of the, uh, you know, attacks that, you know, obviously Bitcoin's not going to get hit with a 51% attack anytime soon. You know, the, the pools are pretty aware of the whole 51% thing. Right. You know, but right. as far as other tokens that you've seen out there, you've seen a lot of them recently in the last year or so get hit with 51% tax, you know, or you double spend. Right. Well, the thing about it is, is when you have a hybrid chain, it's much more difficult to do that because not only do you have to 51% the chain on the proof of work side, you also have to own more than 51% of the coins on top of that. Right. right. So it becomes a much more costly expense. So it's just, uh, and then on top of that, we, we have some other stuff going on as far as uh, our proof of work also. So say down the road, uh, right now we're just GPU. You know, you could CPU if you had enough of them. You could mine it with CPU, but it's not really an efficient way to do it. But right now we're all GPU. At some point in time, if, you know, uh, the project is uh, as successful as we hope it is, you know, you may see ASICs pop around. So initially in the first year or two, ASICs would be a bad thing for us. You know, we don't want somebody hitting the chain with that much power, you know, trying to take over, you know. So we've kind of instituted this little uh, adjustable mechanism that allows us to adjust the spread of the block reward. How many blocks, how many block rewards goes to proof of work versus proof of stake? So if it does happen, we can adjust it. We can make it less profitable for miners. If, you know, asks were to pop up without having to change our algorithm. Okay. I so, you. you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're trying to think ahead. You know, I don't want to have to play the, the algorithm game. You know, I see Monero, you know, every six months they're trying, they're having to update constantly change it, trying to play the game. And, you know, and I feel for them because it's not an easy battle. Mm. You know, hopefully they, you know, this new, uh, they have a new algorithm coming out. So hopefully they can, you know, that one fixes everything, but you know, these uh, manufacturers are pretty sneaky. They come up with a lot of ways. To, <laughs> <laughs> they come up with a lot of ways to get around whatever you do. So yeah, yeah. Sometimes you got to live with them. You're like hitting all of my buttons right now. I'm really liking this project, uh, especially because you described the difference between uh, Veil and a lot of other security uh, token and coin projects. I appreciate that. Hey, James, check it out. I want to take a quick break. Um, and then when we come back, I want to delve into something that we discussed just a minute ago, uh, the future of the cryptocurrency space in general and uh, specifically the privacy coins. OK. Hey, folks, thank you so much for your patience. We are back with Mr. James Burden of the Vale Project. Uh, thank you so much, James. We had a very interesting discussion in the first part of our break. I want to get your thoughts on the current cryptocurrency environment and where you think it's headed specifically with the privacy coins and tokens. What do you think 
we're going? Where do you think we're going in the next three to five years? Well, it's rough. That's a rough question, honestly. I mean, I think regulations are pushing pushing everybody to DEXs personally. I mean, that that's a conversation we've been having a lot over the last six months. Um, you know, coming from a project that, you know, we started a project, you know, four, <clears throat> four years ago, and you could get on any exchange, no problem. Nowadays, you try to, you start a privacy project, and you're trying to get on exchanges, and, you know, they want your Howie letter, and then they want a Malta letter, and they want another letter, and they want, you know, and, and I understand they're trying to protect themselves, regulations, you know, U.S. is not fun to play with, but, you know, with all the changing regulations all over the place, you know, it's, it's hard to get a clear picture of what you need or what, what each exchange really is justified in requesting. You know, there's all the AML KYC, which is in total conflict with privacy coins because honestly, they don't really need all that information. I totally understand when they convert to fiat, you know, yeah, they, they should. They, you know, when your bank already has that information and a lot of the exchanges and stuff, they're, uh, I think we're going to see a lot of delistings and stuff for a lot of the privacy coins. You know, and I think it's going to uh, accelerate the development of truly decentralized exchanges. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we've, we've seen some try. We've seen some developments and stuff that are close to it. The hardest part is the listing process for the tokens. If you totally make something totally decentralized, then anybody could technically list any crap coin, scam coin, or whatever. You know, so you have to have some type of control as to what, you know, you want to know they're legitimate, at least have a development team or actually not trying to scam people. You know, you don't want pump and dump coins. You don't want stuff like that on the exchange. So you're going to have to have some type of control in that aspect. But yeah. aside, aside from that, you know, you want everything else to be decentralized and you want everything else to be uh, secure and, you know, and safe for the user. You don't want to have to worry about exchanges. You know, there are a lot of exchanges that have exited, you know, on various terms or reasons, you know, and there's. Uh, yeah, I think of Cryptopia when you say exits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, you know, that a lot of people, a lot of us saw that one coming, you know, and even when they tried to, uh, they say they tried to come back. You know, it was just, we, th you know, a lot of people think that was just so people would put more money in the exchange before they shut down. So, you know, and, and, and the worst one that's, you know, Mt. Gox, I, I, I was lucky. I was very fortunate. I never got caught up in any of these exchange exits. But uh, I know some people that did, and it is really hard to deal with. You know, I mean, they're like devastated, and there's not a lot they can do. And when the regulators come in and they, and the, uh, you know, the lawyers and they come in and they liquidate the assets. Realistically, nobody really gets anything in return except for them. You know, they liquidate it for their own expenses and very little gets returned to the people who actually funded everything. So it's, it's a kind of a sad process in the bigger picture. You know, the worst one is like you look at the Canadian exchange. Uh, oh, yeah. And, you know, and that guy was gambling on another exchange and all the other exchanges knew it. And yet they allowed it to happen. That yeah, should have been crazy. a red flag. And those other exchanges technically should be, they, sh they should be on the hook to some degree. You yeah, know? they should be liable. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there they should, really be should be some level of liability and accountability because they knew that he obviously did not have that much Bitcoin. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was really playing with a lot of Bitcoin. Now, and let me ask a question. Do you think that liability or governance should be 
from a governmental agency or should the exchanges be self-governing? You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, a, that's, a hard, that's a hard call because, you know, look at, you know, I, I love the United States, you know, don't get me wrong, but like any government, it's corrupt. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard. It's hard to say, <clears throat> you know, I think there has to be, there needs to be a type of governance that is like self-moderating. You need to have different, you know, you need to have different branches that are literally equally controlled or equally empowered to govern the other branches because and then they also need to have transparency because, you know, the United States does some stupid shit. I'm I'm just, you know, and it's just crazy. And it's not that other countries don't do the same stuff. It's just that, you know, we're supposedly the savior, you know, I don't want to say that a lot of people don't view it that way, but anytime anybody needs a bailout, they always come to the United States. Anytime, a country is in war and they need assistance. They always come to the United States, you know, and they always ask for help. And then we always go there and we do what we got to do. And then we always end up getting ourselves in trouble or, you know, you always make, you make friends on one side, you make enemies on the other. So we, we, we get ourselves wrapped up in all this stuff. And then there's always corruption that just is everywhere. It's rampant. So maybe the answer is to, to have exchanges self-governed. Well, it, it could and let 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 free markets determine who the bad actors are and who the truth agents are, because market forces. I am a firm believer in market forces, and market forces will put bad actors out of business quickly. No, I totally, I totally agree with that. It just comes down to also is who you know if. If you if the exchanges are the ones that are self governing, who holds them accountable though? You know what I'm saying? I mean, there has to be there has to be somebody to hold. That's the hardest part with any type of governance. You know what I'm saying? That's where governments get themselves in trouble. But see that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Who, who holds them accountable? So if an exchange is crooked, but then they're self governing, then you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I see what you mean. What I mean by self-governance is a consortium of exchanges. Oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. I could totally get behind something like that. You see what I mean? A consortium of exchanges that self-govern each other without a governmental entity there. Yeah, I could see something like that. You know, I mean, for me, from, from a crypto perspective, decentralization is what we want. We want to eject government from this economy and i think if you have a consortium of exchanges that are accountable to their customers the threat of being ostracized from that consortium coupled with the threat of losing income is enough to make good actors in this space act right i think that is the route that we should take um, in terms of an ecosystem, as opposed to uh, running to the government, because if if I think about the Libra, uh, this thing with Libra that's going on right now, right? You know, well, Zuck Libra. announces Zuck announces, oh yeah, we're going to create a a uh, sovereignless currency um, for our customers to uh, 
exchange and, and, and act in commerce with each other. And the first thing the government says is no, stop. Well, you know, yeah, I get it. And honestly, I don't blame them for saying no based on his track record. I mean, I agree because personally, you know, everybody that I know and everybody that I've talked to about it, we all kind of agree that, you know, the whole, when you look at what parties are involved in that project and what parties he personally invited, because when you look at the interviews, you know, banks are upset because he didn't invite any banks to be involved. Okay. So you kind of look at that and go, okay, so he doesn't want banks to involve, but he invited Visa, you know, MasterCard, uh, other entities that would benefit from the personal data of all these users. So in, in reality, it's, it's basically a project to data mine legally everybody's data. And there's going to be, you know what I'm saying? There's got to be fine print somewhere. I haven't read it all. I hear it's, I hear the, you know, the, the documents are massive. But from an outside perspective, you know, the fact that one, it's not, it's centralized, it's not transparent. Uh, You can't, not just anybody who, you know, nobody can just go out and put 10 million down and get a node. And on top of that, if all the, if all the, the validators are centralized, then technically they could pretty much do whatever they wanted. They could roll the chain back. They could pretty much do whatever they wanted to do. Exactly. They're the only, since they're the only validators, they're the only ones that have the actual copy of the chain that matters. So if they change something, unless your transaction was rolled back, you wouldn't even know. Right. Right. So there, there's no immutability in that project. at all. Exactly. Which is a huge concern. And then the fact that, you know, as it stands, even without this project, a lot of people don't understand, but you know, he has so much personal data on every person that signs up for Facebook. You know what I'm saying? So he already has a huge amount of data, but legally he can't sell. He's not supposed to do what he's doing with it. He's getting in trouble. He's getting fined tons of money as he gets caught doing stuff. But with this project and the way that it's going to be set up, those validators will have legal access to that data. So he won't have to sell it technically they'll just have access to it. So it's kind of like a legal way around him getting hit and in trouble for it, but they still get the same data. So it's just kind of, yeah. it's just not going to be good for anybody. And on top of that, a lot of people think that, yeah, it's going to bring in a whole bunch of new people into crypto. But honestly, there's nothing to me, there's nothing crypto about the project. No, it's yes, not. It has some uh, programmatic similarities, but the whole philosophy of crypto and what, you know, cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, you know, the whole, you know, the whole philosophy behind it, it's, it's kind of everything that goes against it, in Agreed. my opinion. Agreed. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think, yeah. I mean, yeah, it sucks. You don't want the government saying, you know, stifling innovation. I agree. That's bad. But at the same time, you don't want something that's could totally come out and, you know, uh, be an open issue. I guess I don't want right. to say scam, but you know, an open, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not, it's, I don't know if it would qualify as a scam technically. What about a scheme? <laughs> yeah, I would say that would be, that would probably be more accurate, you know, a scheme, but you know what I'm saying? It, it's not good for anybody. And you know, people think, Oh yeah, it's a stable coin. I'm going to buy a whole bunch and make money on it but there's no way for consumers to make money on a stable coin. Let's be honest. It's just not, it's not the only people that are going to make money on it are the issuers. Agreed. You know what I'm saying? So 
And so now you know why I reached out to uh, Twitter and said, hey, show me your privacy coins. <laughs> oh, yeah. exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> show oh, me your privacy coins. Because I think once Facebook has done a number on the consumer, uh, they will be running for privacy coins. At which yeah. point, they, you know, but what sucks is, ready. right. But what sucks is, is uh, you know, what people, a lot of people don't understand, especially the older ones that have been, you know, they're not really a high, they're not really, really technical. You know, once stuff gets out on the internet, once your stuff is out there, it's really hard to take it off and it's really hard to get it back. Agreed. So unless you are going to literally go down and get a lawyer and get a new social security number, change your name, you know, you're going to go through the process of doing everything. You know, once your stuff's out there, it's out there. So, you know, I mean, people got to think about that long term. You know, I mean, people, the younger people are more savvy and some of them don't care because they're broke and struggling. You got the middle ones that are a little more up and up on the, you know, they realize what happens. And then you have the older people who are just kind of getting on board with a lot of this technology stuff. And, you know, they, they, they want to take advantage of it because a lot of them are struggling these days and they want to make money. They don't want to have to go back to work at 75 years old. Right. And they're hoping to, you know, supplement their income, get involved and stuff. And then they get taken to the bank and they lose everything or they get wrapped up in something where they lose all their information. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a rough situation. I don't think it'll be good for anybody personally. Yeah, I agree with you. James, this was a fantastic discussion, sir. I really do appreciate this. Tell folks where we can find your project. What is your URL? What's your Twitter handle? Let us know so that uh, we can definitely check you out. All right. Uh, the domain is uh, veilproject.com. It's a V-E-I-L-project.com. And uh, our Twitter is Project Veil, all one word. And, uh, of course, you can go on GitHub, and that's also uh, Veil Project. You can find me anywhere. You can look me up on LinkedIn if you want, James Burden can't miss me all the links are on there and uh i'm around we'll put a link to this on our uh, uh wherever you post it we'll put a link to it on our website and we'll push fantastic. it out on, we'll push it out on twitter and everything so everybody can uh find you fantastic i really do appreciate it james this was great man we'll definitely have to do this again i'm oh, looking absolutely. forward to uh keeping up with uh both you and the project um, to see where you're going. I'm very interested in Vail and I'm going to, oh, that's the other question I wanted to ask. Where can I find it? Where, where, what exchanges are currently carrying Vail so that I can go out and start filling my bags? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, well, the best exchanges, I don't say best, but we don't really, we try not to personally, uh, endorse exchanges, especially, you know, with the least recent issues, but, um, we are, uh, we're on Finex, which is a small exchange, and we've had no issues with them. They're pretty stable, good group of guys. Um, Probit, they're out of Korea. They're a decent exchange as well. We're on uh, Crex24, and uh, there's a, we have a Russian exchange. It's Graviex, and then Stex. Okay, <clears throat> the U.S.-based exchange is ChangeRift. You can find us there. And uh, we're on Cytex, Reflex Trader, and Ubi. So, you know, we're also BISC, of course, you know, that's everybody's on BISC, but you know, we're, uh, we're always looking to get on new exchanges. So if anybody has any suggestions, obviously everybody wants us on the big exchanges and we're doing what we can do to get there. Uh, yeah. some of them want a huge amount of money. 
Yeah, I've heard. Man. Bisk is my favorite exchange, so I'm glad you guys are there. Yeah, it's an interesting exchange. You know, uh, I kind of wish that they would have set their stuff up a little differently. But, yeah, it's uh, it's not too hard to set up. Right. It's pretty decent. I love the decentralization factor. It's just, just a great exchange. Just one of my favorite projects out there. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. It was a pleasure speaking with you, man. You as well. You as well. And anytime, just give me a call. Fantastic. Have a good night. You too. Thank you.